So it's the third episode of Tech Buddies Techpreneur series. And today's Techpreneur is Ifeo Lua Unideji. Hello, Ife. Hello, Miriam. It's nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for honoring the invitation. Let's get into it. Who is Ifeo Lua and what does Ife do? Okay, all right. Thank you. Um, Ifeo Lua is. <laughs> I'll say if I use many things to different people, um, depends on what angle you're trying to come from. So I'll just um, summarize by saying things that I'm really interested in and things that have shaped my life over the years, which generally, obviously, has been my entrepreneurial journey, my business life, obviously, and um, career aspects as well, and their lifestyle. So if I look at my um, entrepreneurship um, path, I would say that it's a lot intertwined with my lifestyle in the sense that I like to build things from scratch. I I like to just play with things, you know, see how things grow, see how things play out. And I've had to try my hands with a few startups, of course, um, many not successful anyways, but then um, looking at how I can help myself build competencies that could help me learn how to um, be more intentional about growing and scaling business in um, a tough environment like Nigeria. And um, so if you're looking at me from the career aspects now, I'm currently a digital marketing strategist. I currently help um, B2B companies leverage um, high-end marketing strategies to reach out to um, their um, partners or to their customers in a more personalized and um, interactive way. So currently that's what I'm doing. Um, exploring my skills internally within um, organizations to help scale their business and their digital transformation strategy. Yeah, so that's all about it now. Mm. Is it safe to say you're one of the big boys? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Jeez, please, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely De- not. Okay, so I still have a long way to go. It, yeah, I, I get that. But if I actually want to bang with the big boys, you're not one of those. That's quite a lot of interesting things you do. Um, how did you start Pushers True? When did the interest begin? Your interest in digital marketing, product design, and everything that you do? Wow. Um, I'd, I'd say at different points in my life, I'll start by um, giving a lot of credit to. Um, the secondary school I went to, um, Pledge Private Schools, um, I started giving a lot of credit to them. So usually how it happened was we had um, unrestricted access to the computer room. And so we'd often go there and play with um, um, the computers. We'd play mine, mine field, mine sweeper, ping pong games. Would you know, just play a lot of games and then I stumbled on PowerPoint. So I started playing with PowerPoint. It started feeling really interesting. There was this feature PowerPoint had then where you could do these um, uh, these fireworks kind of thing, you know, as you design around letters and stuff like that. And so I had a basic, very basic understanding of PowerPoint and um, just general desktop publishing and all of those office um, packages and all that. You know, and then I'll fast forward from there to. Um, when I was having my tutorial lessons and I got to see someone who was working on a, on a Photoshop um, design and um, quite caught my fancy and um, 
I started doing a lot of things on Photoshop. I mean, that was one before getting into the university. And then when I get into school, I, I met some amazing people. I mean, people that are still in my lives to, to just to now, you know. Um, and then we started talking about tech. We started talking about ideas around um, how we could, all, all we were just about was building things that were interesting, you know. Just doing something interesting. I, I think that's what we're all about. We weren't entirely intentional to say that we're trying to build a technology product to solve a problem, but you know, it was just interesting for us that we could build something, that we could design something. And um, you know, aside from there, where a, a good friend of mine then gave me um, a C sharp tutorial, Visual Basic, then I installed um, Visual Basic on my system, then started working on um, C sharp um um language but then i realized that it wasn't really keeping up to my beats it, it wasn't my pace i could be on seat for like six hours and i just coded hello world how are you my name is Ife. <laughs> <laughs> and then i was just i mean that felt really really crazy to me and you know I, it just wasn't just wasn't my pace and then I, I made this amazing friend as well, Olamide, who does graphic designs and started looking into that together. And then, so generally I built graphic design skills, I built general design skills and all that. But then, then coming, coming to, to the, the point, point where, where I had the privilege of doing my IT with the state of government, and then we were faced with real life challenges. And we like, oh, how, how do we send a proposal out to give to the government? We will also see how we can solve this challenge. And then, and then of, of course, course they, they came, came to design, design guy. Okay. Okay. So, so they came to design. Okay, come up with design. So obviously, I didn't know about PowerPoint slide. And then they were like, can't we design how this solution would look like? So that they have an idea of what we were saying. So then I'd never heard of anything about UI design. So it came to my mind. I started out like that. Beginning to manipulate. Design elements, you know, that are elements to represent, um, to represent, um, web design, sort of, sort of, something like that, using PowerPoint. And so that came with creating, sort of, like, a user journey to, um, how you would experience a solution to a challenge. And then, so when I did that, um, it was further afterwards, I got to now began to hear things like, UI design, UX design, and, and also that, you know, giving those things that are done for the state government, and then it was sort of like, like related, and so it took my interest, looking that, that I could better structure my skill, like, um, better improve my skill when it comes to complicating technology solutions, and so it came from that around, and that was where it all began for me. Thank you. Cool. That was really insightful. So it's, it's um, more or less influenced by the people you are around. That's cool. Yes. That's that's very cool. Okay. Apart from the government projects you talked about, okay, what was your first project like? Yeah, my first project. I won't entirely call it tech, but I'll just call it uh, tech education. Um, it was around training kids on how to be digitally literate. Digitally literate, sorry. Um, so we're educating young children now. We could 
leverage digital technologies such as PowerPoint presentation and some Microsoft Office to communicate the ideas and then to build ideas that solve real life challenges. And then we started by teaching and training some students on design thinking. You know, it's more of a responsive and a very agile method where you're able to come up with solutions by just clearly understanding the need and then trying to um, identify yourself with the personnel, people that are experiencing that challenge, and see now you can come up with a very agile solution to solve that challenge. So that was the major thing we started with by training students and trying to transition um, students generally in tech. So um, that was the first major project we started uh, with at on. Yes. You made a statement. You said it's not really tech, it's more of tech education. I, I yes. think it's all tech. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's your first project. Uh, okay, what yeah. about a project you're so proud of? Wow, uh, okay. okay. If I'll say what I'm so proud of, still proud of, you know, it's a land query. Um, uh, 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 most uh, of the for me, every idea gives you a logo. <laughs> it begins with a logo, that doesn't So when, when Lala Query kicked off, I mean, 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 I I mean, we review something with zero resources. I mean, we need zero resources. And the way we were able to come together to work as a team to build the product was one of the major things that inspires the most. And this is why Lalan Square will still remain one of the products that are still the proudest. So, then I'm still, that I'm really so very much proud of. Yeah. So what's, what's the future of the land query? Yeah, the, the future, future of the land query is majorly to give you the power or the power to make buying an intelligent, intelligent safe and secure land decisions, giving that power to the general consumer or to general land buyers. The point is there's a lot of bureaucracy that is being um that is crowding that um land purchase space, a lot of bureaucracy. A lot of um, um, misinformation. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, crime. There's, 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 there's a lot of shady things. There's a lot of those that goes on when it comes to transacting transact on land. You're generally people are scared. People are trying to make decisions as careful as they can. But still, one way or the other, people still get to experience a lot of bottlenecks just because we want to acquire a piece of land. Land is just an essential um, need to, to live. It's, it's just essential. Like, I want to believe that if anyone gets a good job, has a family, has a home, 
you know, to build something of his own, you know, besides why the network was violent. That's more like securing, um, that's more like securing a home or just the word a home for yourself. And then I don't think it's fair enough for people to have to experience so much repressive, so much, um, of unclarity around what they need to do when it just comes to acquiring land. I mean, it, it, land is one of the um, causes of a lot of bloodshed in the past where you hear about land wars, you hear about land fights, you hear about court cases related to land, and it's going on for years and years and years. And all just started making poor decisions when it comes to transacting their own land. So the future of land for me, is a point where people can get to make um, buying decisions based on intelligence data. Based on intelligence data. I like that statement. Because really, most of what we do these days all depends on data. Yeah, true. Okay, so um, one question that I like asking people is this. Did you study computer science? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, cool. So, what did you study? Yeah, I read it on original plan. Oh, wow. So, on that... uh, the ideal note, I'm supposed to be a town planner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that why um, the project you're most proud of is land query? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with it. I was just at the right time when a an idea was brought forth about a land solution, you know, and the fact that I always had this idea and the passion for wanting to do things from scratch. So, coupled with the fact that I was solving a new problem and including the fact that the the benefits of a wonderful thing is what I would say makes what the wow. So I would say it's just being in the right place, the right time, and being in the right people that maybe is my most valuable um sort of awesome for me. Yeah. Okay. The right place and the right people. Yeah. It's great to be in touch with people of like minds, you know, and yeah. like goals and visions as well. All right. So um. One question though, if it's not tech or entrepreneurship, what would it be? Jeez, it is really, really, really hard. <laughs> this is myself doing something. <laughs> if it's not tech, if it's not entrepreneurship, it's hard to see myself doing anything. Oh, you, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I was just going to say, say, I would still have to do something. Maybe sell something. Okay. Maybe sell something. <laughs> Still selling, still selling out. Still the entrepreneur. You, I, I was not expecting you to see a town planner. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think you're interested in a town planner. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's move on then. Um, we've talked about the strategies and resources you use, which is mainly surrounding yourself with um people of like minds. But it can't yeah. always, it cannot always be good, right? It cannot always be smooth. I mean, there has to be challenges. So, um, yeah. one or two of those challenges. Okay, yeah, yeah of, of course. course. Um, um, the, the truth, truth is, is, when it comes, comes to building anything, when, when it comes, comes to um, achieving a goal, of course, like you said, 
there will be challenges, and I think the, the ones that I've faced the most in my life is manager relationships. And by manager relationships, I mean people that I work with or people that I'm accountable to in one way or another. It seems as though when you want to build something, and there are too many people hearing about it, the truth is everybody has an idea, everybody has a suggestion, and um, everybody feels valid when you seemingly borrow the idea and then you act on it. And so, in, in times or in moments where um, those ideas do not immediately line up with your current goals, you know, it seems as though the giving ideas are not going with it. You sort of want to put you on, uh, on, uh, on a watch list, or should I say, on a red book for them, which is not cool. And then the other thing is communication with the team. It was really challenging then. You know, uh, I wasn't. A techie, I was a designer. No, 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 I mean, I mean, it took a while for us to come to that point where we understood each other's work and our way to synergize. Uh, I would say that was the major challenge for me then in communication and then in managing expectations with where we share start as well. And, and so, so there's something I've learned from that. that it's when you build something, you know, you should have a very, very small circle of people you have those conversations with. You know, so you're able to manage expectations and so. Manage your expectations and manage your feelings. That's insightful, he says. Really. <laughs> so, okay. Um. Now let's go back in time. You, with the knowledge you have today, let's go back to your university days when you started doing this. What would you have done differently? Is there something? Is there a strategy you would have used? Uh, a resource that you would have banked more on, you know, having the knowledge of today, going back in time, what would you have done differently? The truth is, no, no this, this, this is may not be a common thing to say. My answer is two things. The first thing is, if I go back in time, I don't think there's anything that I've done differently. That's the first. The second thing is, if I go back in time, I would say, say I probably would have paid more attention to software development. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, way I don't have to have so, so much back and forth like developers. I guess. <laughs> but honestly, if I would just answer holistically and generally, I would say there's nothing I've done differently. And the reason I would say that is this. I remember when we, um, you know, we had a, at least an MVP for non query, and then we had these guys wanted to invest. Into the product, and then we just go out and then employ us to work on the product. And they also thought of checking, of course, and we were supposed to sign a document on the support. And um, we didn't have as much liberty to have to communicate with our lawyers, but we made it clear as well that I would need to communicate with my lawyer if I sign any document. Obviously, that probably didn't put them in, or put us, sorry, rather. In a good light in front of them, it felt like we didn't trust them, it felt like the relationship couldn't work without trust. And then, uh, perhaps maybe this was rash, maybe it wasn't. I 
can't see entirely now, but I know that at that point, I thought that I would be the right decision. I chose not to sign them. I chose not to give out the product. I left it. And then I went broke. You know, very, very bad. And then I just, I assumed, and I really, I really got that. And then I tried reaching out to them. They will still take the product. They didn't send any response. They didn't reply. I felt very bad. I felt like I had made the wrong decision. I had a conversation with someone at that point. And the person said, well, I made the wrong decision that I should have just sold to them. Probably the I, I wouldn't, wouldn't know yet if I made the right or wrong decision. Maybe not until I was five years. I had to give myself time. Then, in all honesty, it wasn't up to two years when I made personally from just revenue of companies I can talk to. I made the amount of it looking to offer me, and I made it in the mouth. And I got to realize that I made it in the mouth, and I'm 100% certain I did not make the wrong decision. It was obvious. That whatever I did with offering was not worth my value score. Neither was what the product was worth. Yeah. So oh, I knew that I didn't right. So I wouldn't have changed anything. <laughs> really? You know, the next question I was going to ask, I, I was going to ask what your driving force is. But I think you, you kind of already answered the question. What is your driving force? Yeah, my driving force, I would say, is my entrepreneurial spirit. Um, uh, and I would say, maybe I got it from my mother. Maybe I got it from my mom. You know, I've seen how my mom has supported the home in very, very desperate times, very trying times. And my dad has said several times that as family man, you're going to be, if you're going to secure a home, you can't rely on salary jobs. Like you have to have something by the side and doing put food on the table. That has to be you or your wife. That has to be you or your partner. And it became very clear in the house then that the side job would not exist. And then I see my mom, you know, do some really crazy stuff. Like I remember time when she would go to a business with little or no inventory and she would still go to the shop, still stay, stay there and sell whatever was selling. And she will still always show up. So I, I, I guess somehow, somehow, she transferred that spirit to me. One way or the other, I don't know. I think somehow she did. And so, no matter how tough it could seem like, how entrepreneurship could appear to be like, like that I've seen my mom go to a shop and still sell with little or no inventory, like having almost nothing in her store or still, still showing up. I think, I think that, that enough, enough, that alone for, for me was an inspiration. So, so I'll say it's one of the major things that drives me to just see entrepreneurship as a lifestyle, as it is right now. It's just a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm pretty sure your mom is a proud mom right now. Ah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> of course she is. Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about your risk. I mean, you you uh, mentioned your risk. You want to 
when it is not sell your products? Is there any other major risk that you've taken in the field? Yeah, I did. And there was one. There was a time I consulted for a software company as well. And I made quite a lot of money. And then I put the entire money into a business I was trying to start. Now, I was trying to do something that wasn't so popular then. And on the channel, sort of like a retail business where I had sell offline and online at the same time. So I had, had invested a lot of money into the offline store and I did not just a lot, all my money. That was what I did. All my money. Of course, the business was going well, it was going smooth, it was getting interesting. Then I got robbed. <laughs> so I lost everything in one night and then I was back to zero. So that was a major risk and I didn't turn out well. And then, and then eventually, eventually the business has failed. Oh, I'll never say that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it is. I am so sorry for that, though. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you're here today, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Still hustling. <laughs> I've got to say, please really come a long way from really far. So um well done first of all. What's the next yeah. milestone for you? Yeah, the next milestone for me is I came to a point where I got to realize as a professional in digital marketing strategy, product or marketing strategy, I have gotten to see that um there's a lot of demand for that um, competence in several sectors different industry sector. I mean, I've gone to work with the fintech, I've worked with the tech, I've worked with the airline industry, I've worked with the healing space, I've worked with the heights industry as well, I've worked with the food industry as well. So I've gone to a point where I've gathered a lot of experience. One thing I'm looking to do now is to build competence and depth in one singular skill such that, that I could hardly be matched anywhere in the world for that particular skill. So I'll take my next mouse right now. This is how I build competence within the content marketing strategy. Now, of course, I know that there are several companies that have done digital transformation to support their business model, but several of them are confused on how to adopt technology skills for a transformative um strategy that, that, that will challenge several organizations so one of the um milestones that i'm currently building myself right now is come to a point where within i mean in a very short period of time what was sure as possible i'm able to look through an organization i'm able to look through their um, business model and i'm able to advise and build a strategy on how they can adopt um, um, digital transformation to so their core business functions for them to grow exponentially. So, so that's where I'm right now trying to build competence for that, that particular need. And so, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's where I am right now. Oh, okay, um, talk of digital adoption for businesses. I, I saw you had, I, I saw you had, um, a seminar coming up, or oh, sorry, a webinar coming up on digital yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, could you tell yeah. us what should we be expecting from the webinar? 
Okay, okay yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting. Now, now I'll, I'll, I'll just, just read one of my notes here for you um, now. now. Now, what, what is, is interesting about digital transformation is that many companies think they are the one driving the change, but they are not. Obviously, customers are the one driving the change. And, um, you know, customers expect relevance or content relation to what they are choosing, you know, what they are doing anyway, anytime. In, in the format or in the experience they like, like it to be. So oftentimes, what, what companies do is, is they, have they have a product, they have an idea, idea and they're looking like, like, oh, this, this is a need, need and, and perhaps it is just a singular need in the mind of the product owner or the mind of the CEO, or perhaps it is a need that you cannot scale a business on it. But oftentimes, they don't know because they are not really, um, really exact whether or not that particular solution is genuinely solving a problem and then they go to the market or some people should just obviously think that oh digital transformation is like the thing now and they're looking to now digitize their processes and their systems not necessarily you know um adopting digital transformation as well but what they are simply doing is that they are digitizing now, now, one the difference between digitizing your company, your systems, or process, and um, digital transformation in itself, it is a strategy behind it. Now, the strategy part of it is where most companies fail. I mean, most companies fail when it comes like they find the difference between digitizing the company and then leveraging digital transformation on the company's role. So, so what, what most companies often do is that they digitize, but they are not digitally transformed. So the seminar um, we majorly agreed to address that that line between So the seminar we majorly agreed to address that that line between digitizing systems and processes within your organization, and then truly embracing digital transformation within your company, which is just strategic commitment, not all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, I forward um, anticipating and coming to the webinar. All right, so um, who hire role models? Zim one person, more than one, both in the field yeah. or outside the field? Yeah, yeah I, 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 would I would say, you know, honestly, honestly that um, uh, growing, growing up and um, um, being focused on entrepreneurship, I would say I had, I had different. different Model as a different point of my life. Um, but right, right now, there's just, just one person that inspires me to do what I do, drive me a lot of do what I do. And that's, I think, my name is no longer that use. That's a little bit quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting that. Yeah, he's all like so dear to my heart. I mean, he's just so dear to me in how he carries. Black entrepreneurs so, so who is, is that, that kind of, is that kind of person? I mean, is, is that, that person that allows you to just express yourself? But then, you know, there's a financial rule as well. So as, as much as he's a motivation guy, 
What's the unspoken truth about tech entrepreneurship? Is there something you feel isn't said enough or a piece of advice you would have for anyone who wants yeah. to be in tech as well? Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, there's something that's not said enough, and, and there are only two people, people that I think maybe sometimes are usually leaning on the start, and I'll say it's in the bio, and I'll be 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 in the bio, he said, said our society, society is built in such a way that what we would call a culture or what you call a people or a society is just a set of normalized averages. That means that the society has said that this is the way we do things, this is the way life should be, this is the way life should go, we all agree with it. And if anyone does anything different, you know, it seems as though because the person is doing it differently, separate from the society. And, and that separation itself is loneliness. And that, that is where you know, we talk about entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs sometimes don't get as much support, support as they should. You know, you're building you businesses from scratch. You're not just waiting for the months to end and then you get a credit allowance on your phone and then you're like, yeah. And then because you get a credit allowance, you are credit worthy. But then when you see an entrepreneur whose balance sheet is just up and down, whose statement of account is just up and down, and then <laughs> Most times, it's not credit worthy. Know. It's really, really hard. It's a really hard and really journey. For some entrepreneurs, they probably have to take a lot of, lot of, of um, funding to scale their businesses such that. that some of us are doing their own thing. They're just working with other people. So they carry the title and excitement, and then they look like, oh, yeah, this is like an enemy. But then it's really, really challenging. It is hard. It is difficult. It is definitely not easy, and then, then oftentimes what we do here are the um, failures that are put behind the scene for the eventual success. We just hear that, wow, they got $10 million around. Do you know what they have to do with the $10 million? Do you know what they have to commit to to get that access? Do you know what they have to sacrifice to get that access? Anybody who don't hear that, you just get $10 million, and they're like, these guys are blue. And then, they forget, they forget that, that whoever is going to be building the startup will be attending shows and um, TV concerts or whatever. The person who really 
day and night grinding. It's just what it is. So I feel um, that's actually that's pain, that loneliness. Oftentimes, it's usually not mostly caused because it comes with a lot of insecurities. You're not sure whether that business is going to fail. You're not sure whether your loved ones would or abandon you over the fact that you shouldn't make business, whether you are a bad actor, you're going to get an employment to you, you know, make meaningful contributions to the state, you know. A lot of uncertainty is made, a lot of risk. You have to consider as well. So all those things can make an entrepreneur very anxious. I think that's why the patients, well, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's just what it is. So I think that usually most times is not said enough. What I would just advise people is, social media, media fixes a lot of things, things you know. I, I believe people shouldn't get deceived by social media, even though people still get deceived by social media, but just be real with yourself. yourself. Don't, don't you share your news, you're making fundings of $50 million, close news of $100 million, and then you don't see them on social media, you don't see them on Twitter, you're just doing the thing. You truly you can do your thing without public validation, you don't need it. You don't, you don't. You don't. If all you do is just for the validation of the public, you will never get it. You will never get it. You will just, just keep pushing it, and you will never have it. And it will be very, very end of you. So just, just be real to yourself. You don't need to talk about everything. It's fine if you're the only one with your success. It's very fine. It's also very good if you're the only one with your failures. So you have less people talking down on you because you failed. But rather, you have. Just two people within your circle who can tell you the truth and help you stand up and reach where you need them the most. You don't need social media. You need more of the people who you see support you. Not social media. Thank you. That's a, a lot of information. <laughs> Thank you. That was very insightful. Okay, um, one question. One question. How, how do you define success? What's your own definition of Success to you. All right, again, again I'm going to sit quiet. Forgive me, please. I'm going to sit a lot. You're free to your future. Okay, so, so there was something you said one time. It talks about success as being what fulfills you. So if what fulfills you is having a millionaire in your account, then you're successful. So you don't measure your success by other people's measure of success. That was stupid. You know, you measure your success by what fulfills you. And then they give an example that if all I ever wanted is to have a social service job, earn 60,000 every month, be able to take care of my family and have a single car, send my child to a federal government college, have them go to a federal university, and then just do that for my kids, and that is all. And the fact that I've chosen that kind of lifestyle, you know, you know, in, in comparison to someone, someone probably ends in and the fact that I've chosen that kind of lifestyle, you know, in comparison to someone probably ends in the videos, does not necessarily mean that that person is more successful than I am because success is individual, success is personal. So, success is only measured by other people's measure of achievement, accomplishment, or acceptance. Rather, success, and which is something I've borrowed myself personally, basically is defined by you and you alone. And, and to that end, end success will be what fulfills you. Thank you. Or, or 
No, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, any last message for our listeners and for readers? Okay. Um. Firstly, first, uh, I would just want to say thank, thank you for having me to talk about uh, the experience. Generally, it's been beautiful. And then, and what, what I would just like, like to tell listeners is that you can be successful how you choose to be. And don't get carried away by the social media. Don't get carried away by all the clouds. Don't get carried away by all the noise. Just be you. Be original. Know what success means to you. And don't let it be by a measure of someone you're trying to impress or someone you're trying to um, to, um, to copy rather you know, it's, it's just, just good you, you define, define what success is to you and, and focus on, on your goals, not on social media. Focus on your goals. Focus on your goals. I like, I like something, something that, that um, 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 said sometimes ago. It was with his interview with um, with a very, very wise, wise fellow like that. that. And, and the person, person said, said that, you know, look at 20 years ago, or say, let's say, 30 years, years, years ago, let's say 30 years, years, years ago, where we didn't have anything, anything called social media, of course, that, that you know, it, it's, it's not, not to say that, that there, there are haven't been, been people who are, you know, reasonable or forgive me in the language, stupid people then, of course. The same way we have stupid people then, we have stupid people now. The only difference is that the stupid people have not found the platform to express their stupidity. So oftentimes, we hear a lot of stupid things, we expose a lot of stupid things, as, as much as we are exposed to a lot of wise people. <laughs> so <laughs> all the time, when you go online, you have a choice to choose who you listen to. Yeah. Because, because then, the truth is, if you were to leave the social media, or you were to put a dog on Instagram, trust me, don't, don't do something on Instagram, do something, something on YouTube. YouTube. Probably back, probably leave the phone, probably just stare at the phone. It shows that anyone can be on social media, both the stupid and wise. So just be clear on who you want to listen to and who you want to follow. Thank you. Yeah, you need to be clear on uh, you need to be able to filter whatever information you consume on social media. You know, I, I think yeah. I have a new role model now. Who is that? His name is a fellow of me, Tichi. Yeah, it, it was a great session. I enjoyed every bit of it. You're full of insight, you're full of wisdom. You sound like a forefather. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Please don't do this to me. All right, all right. <laughs> As you wish, Romodo. <laughs> all right, Pei. Thank you very much for making it to the show. It was Thank an insightful session. And I hope we'll be able to do this soon. Yes, yes I, I hope so, so to myself. myself. <laughs> all <Okay>. right. <laughs> Okay, then. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.